Welcome to Nana Tings. Hey babes, on today's episode of Nana Tings, I am joined by my college girl, Yari. Uh, we have a lot of history and go way back, and we discuss being former fat kids and how we date, how we love, and how we're healing. So before we get into it, I have to play some ads and some tings. Grab your wine, grab your blunt, grab your tea, shrooms, where the fuck you want, and enjoy the ride. Also, side note, I was just at New Japan Wrestling, and Mercedes Monet deserves the world. I love her. All the championships. <laughs> Hey everyone, I just want to say I have three books out right now and I appreciate the support from all of you, from everyone that got my first book, Falling Androids in Phoenix, to my second, Romance in a Mono Road, and my current third, Baby, Antonio's Return. Check it out at Barnes & Noble and also Amazon. You can easily just search my name, Antonio Laranzo, L-I-R-A-N-Z-O, and go get a copy, review it, love it, share it, and all the teens, okay? <laughs> It's Antonio here with Nana Tings, and I have one of my girls from college here, Yari. What's up, baby girl? Hello, beautiful. I'm so excited to be on. Yay, finally. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. I am one of Antonio's friends from college. It's been about a decade. Very happy to have him in my life, and that is about me as well, because he's helped me definitely throughout the years. Heal them, realize some things, and also recognize genuine friendships. Mm-hmm. Also about me, this is important. I am an emotional cancer, a cancity, empathic, silly, and very, very vulnerable and intelligent. But yet, when my emotions get rattled, it supersedes my mental capacity. So I feel like I touched upon most of those things and low key I'm a witch at heart, but like I haven't tapped into my inner goddess like Antonio has one day. But like it ebbs and flows. Like sometimes she's out there. Yeah. But I'm working on like, her. No, I feel like that's what tree <laughs> is. You know, it's like um I just like really got into it the past year, but I feel like I've always had this like tap in talent, right? And um I don't know, lately I was just like, let me just sit with it and just like meditate for hours or just like play. Um, I was telling you um, off record about like um, binaural beats. Honestly, like sometimes just listening to that and not even like trying to manifest and I could be washing the dishes, let's say, it just really helps you tap into these like realms that now I'm like really intuitive as fuck. And I'm like, okay, this is like, this is it. Mm. <laughs> I would love to work on that because my intuition just is really clear when I'm actually attuned to it. Yeah, I need to process the difference between my own fears with the intuition versus just paying attention to the godly power that is being all in and low-key cancer because we're low-key psychics anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, your your water energy alone is like in tune to emotions. So you already have, you there, you already have a gift, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like really, how can we develop the tools and like the brain capacity and all that? Um, but yeah, I've known you for, I met you when I was like 19. Yeah, shit. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. 11, 20, 12. So, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, literally. I Over literally, 10 years. Damn, girl. Well, I want to just say kudos to both of us with just slaying, but also the first topic I really want to talk to you about is the mm-hmm. both of our weight loss journey. Um, mm-hmm. You and I were thicker, thicker girls in college, and... Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm just proud of both of us because like I know I lost a lot of my weight 19 slash 20 but then now I'm like you know and then I got a little bit thicker with muscle and now I'm shedding. you know it's always the body dysmorphia everything has been a consistent journey um but I want to hear a little bit about yours and like you know I know from my personal experience sometimes that body dysmorphia still kicks in here and there and also like I think only former fat kids get it we have this like special vulnerability to us and I think it makes us really good lovers I've been like reading articles about this and stuff of how like former fat kids like get it like we get feeling insecure about ourselves we also get like not being what the society hot is that it actually makes us more uh warmer lovers especially when we like glow up you know like always those hot people you see on instagram and they're like so sweet and shy they're usually like a former fat kid and i'm like oh yeah i was like yeah we have okay yeah we have like it's not a bad thing but yeah tell me tell me tell everyone that's listening mm -hmm. like your whole journey, uh, what was the decision to like really get into your fitness shit and like, what's your vibe now? Okay, so my journey, I guess, I was always the larger kid. Literally my entire life I was overweight, but I was the acceptable thick. So high school, middle school, middle school I was approximately a size eight in women. So with my height and my figure, it looked nice. I had a womanly body, so while I got comments about oh you're chubby i was very much sexualized and desired so it was just like oh okay you know maybe she should just eat better so like it doesn't go over whatever and then in high school it was like okay thick whatever hey you could be really bad like i had people all the time tell me you know you could be a time if you just lose the gut a little bit like oh, wow. i've had older people oh yeah that happened a lot so the thing about growing up thicker most of your life I wasn't officially fat until probably college but I was always bigger is people always felt entitled to comment on your body and what you ate so I always heard comments what a shame that we're wasting your face or you are so beautiful you can have anyone you want just a little bit of weight just always from people in my age group older people family members strangers on the street it was really great uh, and then in college since I didn't have instilled healthy eating habits or exercise because growing up in a Caribbean household, you're yeah. told what the problems are. You're fat, uh, you're stupid, etc. But do they provide solutions? They do not. Did they ever once teach me how to cook? No. Did they teach me what a well-balanced plate looks like? No. Portion sizes? No. Was I encouraged to exercise and participate on teams? No. So when I went to college and you know, was independent. I then was like, great, unlimited access to food. And then I gained more weight. And then that's kind of how I continued to get out of control for the next couple of years. So like from age 18 to like 26, I gained like an additional 78 pounds. So I went to college around 195. And then by age 26, I was like 255. I remember senior year when you met me, I was probably 240. But again, due to my body composition, I was a size 14, 16. So like still acceptable thick, but definitely fat. But like it looked, I was like, okay, work queen. Like that's what, you know, you would say. Uh, but I was unhappy because I didn't look at myself in the mirror since high school so I would never see my naked body because I despised it I wouldn't interact with guys deeply 
because I always wondered, do they have a fat fetish? Am I just a joke to them when I walk into a room? Are people just thinking about that? So I didn't really want to date. I wasn't interested in relationships. I wasn't interested in sex because I didn't ever want to feel lesser than or have a partner just like hide me, even though I was always pretty and sought after. I always had male attention. Nobody ever made me feel that way. But I very much knew that that could be a possibility, and I was afraid of that particular rejection. Um, but surprisingly, that actually like never happened to me. Um, only in middle school that happened to me, where somebody literally told me was like, "I would never date you because you're a fucking fat girl." But like most of my life, yeah, like uh, always had like yeah, yeah, no. So like I never had like the typical like quote unquote fat girl problems where it was like guys were playing me. I mean, no, they always thought it was pretty or would ask me out or try to get with me. So those were just my internalized things. I was like, I didn't feel like I was deserving of love. So as for the fitness journey, um, yes, I would work out on and off, but because I didn't have the proper tools and then I was just like, oh, whatever, people should love me anyways. And I just kept denying it, denying it. And then just me buying clothes in different sizes and kept seeing that I couldn't fit into other clothes and Coupled with other things going on in my life, I was just like, I can't control my friendships. I can't control my job. I can't control this, but I can't control my body. So then I was like, okay, what do I need to do to fix my body? So like seven-ish years ago, I was like, what are the options that I need to do to fix my body? And I was like, well, I need to eat better. I tried that, but then I would lose a little bit of weight, then go back to eating a lot. Because I was just like, okay, just stop eating. Awesome. Didn't really know. Maybe I should eat more protein. Maybe I should actually eat avocado. No, it was just like, oh, yeah, have less McDonald's. Have a smaller portion. Like, I didn't really give that much thought. And then, I, and then I would call. I would ask you, too. Like, I would be like, hey, how do I eat clean? And you would send me tips. And I'm like, okay, I would do it. And then it would just be like, I don't, I don't know how to sustain this. Yeah. Uh, so... I realized that the only way for me to lose weight after a couple of years of like thinking about what would help me, what is the issue, which was what do I have to do to stay consistent in addition to what is my biggest issue? I literally don't know anything about food. I don't know what to eat. I don't know how much to eat. I don't understand what's healthy. And then that's when I started looking at medical options for possible surgery. And then I was like, yeah, surgery is the only thing that makes sense for me. And that was because it would force me to develop healthy eating habits because of the consequences if I don't, which is my health would be affected. So I was like, great, I have a motivating factor. Two, I would need to fully engross myself as to understand what food is and how it feels in our bodies. And I was like, great, I have an assignment. And then three, I'm like, it is a fundamental lifestyle change with a constant reminder of, bitch, you did the most, continue doing the most, like your type A go for it. So like I needed that kind of marathon propellant. So that is why I chose to do the gastric sleeve as opposed to a diet and exercise. Um, Mostly because I knew that if I had the sleeve and I have to be mindful of what goes into my body because then I will be malnourished. It would have a detrimental effect on me overall. So that is why I did it. So even now today, if I don't have enough water, sometimes I feel dizzy. So I am aware that every day I have to make a better choice for my health or I will see the effects of it. 
it is to continue to reinforce the lifestyle change and also to, to detach my preoccupation with food. Like food is just fuel. That was the most important takeaway I wanted to. So that was around age 26 that I started researching weight loss options. And that was because I was working at the village of Pelham. And I just remember one time like having my pants be too tight and like the button popping out and somebody noticed that. And I was just like, this is embarrassing. And I was just tired of little incidents like that. Like that same year, I remember I visited my friends up in Albany and we went to the New England Six Flags and I was too big to fit in this, to fit into one of the rides. So I knew I was like, I need to do something because I'm truly unhappy with my size. Like I can't look at myself in the mirror. Like I think about every time I walk into a room, I could only shop at big girl stores. I didn't like shopping and I use a lot of makeup so that I could feel pretty. Um, so yeah, age 26. And then I got my surgery a few years later because I then lost my job. And then it was still part of my plan. I was like, the moment I get a job with good insurance, I'm doing a bariatric surgery, got the job at NYP, did the, uh, did the surgery almost a year later, only because of COVID it was delayed. Um, if it wasn't because of COVID, I would have done it earlier, but COVID delayed it. So had the surgery, lost a total of 135 pounds. And in terms of my current journey, it's uh, figuring out, making sure that I stay consistent and then figuring out what my triggers are. Um, I am still weird about food and that now it's shifted from food is everything to I could care less about food, which makes it difficult when so many people's social interactions are all around food. Um, yeah. But I'm very quick to set the boundary. Yeah, I'm very quick to set the boundary of don't ask me to go to dinner as your first choice of trying to interact with me because that is so lame to me. We could do better. I'm like, I am 32 years old. Most of my life has been preoccupied with food. We need to. We need to do better. We need to go to a park. We need to sit. We need to talk. Let's well, go to a coffee shop. Question for so what are the differences? Yeah, is one so one is if they put the yeah. sleep, that's where you have to be more cautious on like nutrition and all that. And what's the second one? Is that more just fat removal or like replacement? No, the gastric sleeve is when they remove uh, seventy to ninety percent of your stomach. Oh shit! Got it. And then what was the second option? There was the gastric sleeve, and then what was was there? A second there's option? gastric sleeve. Then there's gastric bypass. And that's when they reroute your intestines. I had the sleeve because I didn't want to do the bypass because I'm like, I don't really, I don't have acid reflux, so I don't need it. Um, but no, it's also the bypass is just. Yeah, because I, I like the idea that it, it makes you want to be very aware of your health and like what you're putting in. Also, even simple things like hydration. I think we forget to like drink three liters a day, you know? So, mm -hmm. yeah. I think, absolutely. I, I didn't know that there was like the two options. So yeah, wow. Uh, there's also like a lap band and like a, there's different weight loss surgeries that are discussed with the surgeon and whatever your particular health conditions were. Since I didn't have any pre-existing health conditions at all, I was actually a healthy fat person. Like I didn't even have knee problems. Like literally all the typical fat people issues. I'm like, no, I, I wasn't even pre-diabetic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why I got denied so many times. Uh, they were like, well, you have your option of literally whatever. If I had, for instance, acid reflux or if I had knee issues, they would have done bypass. 
Uh, so yeah, uh, the gastric sleeve weight loss surgery was the option for me just because I'm like, I can't lose all this weight on my own. I'm going to lose a little bit, then get frustrated. I was like, I can't. I was like, it was the only way, especially because I had, in theory, I was only supposed to lose 70 pounds, but because I'm type A, I was like, no, bitch, I am not removing 90% of my stomach to be mediocre. I will be exceptional. Absolutely. And I was like, 135. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell no. I, not to shame those, not to shame other women, but, or other people that go through this, but I'm like, bitch, I'm not going through all of this to still be like medium fat. The fuck not. Sorry. Uh-uh. I did not go through this. I went through this to give myself the best outcome so that I can be a fucking beast and do all the physical shit that I've always wanted to do that now I'm able to do. Like, I'm actually able to, obviously I'm weak. I'm not that strong. But in terms of like, I'm actually able to like jog and not be out of breath after five seconds. Like, able to like bend and do stuff. I'm able to cross my legs. Like, those little things. Like, I'm able to be like, great, physically I can do stuff like that. I, um, well, yeah, so how was the healing process? I know you're on your fitness shit. So, like, what was the switch for you to, like, Mm -hmm. also increase fitness on top of nutrition? And from, like, 26, Mm -hmm. like, now, like, how have you seen the, like, transitioning of your, like, overall health? I mean, you look, knowing you for years, like, so proud of you. You look so snatched. But, so, yeah, I just wanted to, like, what was the process on, like, yeah, in, like, the late 20s into where you are now? Mm -hmm. So... Which also do once I was 26. So then when I lost my job, I was like, well, I don't have insurance. Uh, so the moment I started working at New York Presbyterian, I said, okay, uh, a week later, I made the call to the bariatric surgeon. Then COVID happened and then they didn't accept any appointments. So then I was slowly doing the nutritional counseling. Uh, did the surgery. After the surgery, I was like, okay, I have to go to the gym. I'm like, I always wanted to be athletic. I always wanted to be able to run. I wanted to be like, wow, you see me in a tank top and you see like a firm definition. I just thought about who is her? Like I reinforced it once I had the surgery. I'm like, who is her? I'm like, her is strong. Her gets bored and participates in random activities. Her is not limited by her body anymore, both physically, spiritually, or in any capacity. It is the least of her worries because she's got it. Her is not focusing on continuing building it so now I have loose skin because I lost all this weight um so I'm just focused on getting these abs and the loose skin I want to be able to like pull it up and you to see like the washboard abs of my skin until I get that removed I am in no rush because I want to build like as much muscle as possible I, I sent you like Instagram clips of this wonderful man who does that too and I'm like that is my goal just to shift over my paper skin so I started integrating fitness a couple months after my surgery because when I thought of her, me in the future and who I always wanted to be, she is the annoying woman that sometimes for fun does a 5k. She is the woman that sometimes wants to be athletic and is like, yeah, let's go golfing or yeah, let's go pick up this. She can be active if she chooses to. She dips in and out of whatever spurs her fancy. And then I have to figure out what like my default hobby is in terms of like fitness and obviously working out is important, obviously strength training, but I kind of wanted to maybe either it be Pilates or dancing that I have to still figure out depending on just my vibe, but definitely strength training and understanding those components. And how did that coincide with nutrition? Well, if I don't eat well, I feel very dizzy and weak at the gym. 
So I try to have an apple before and stuff like that. So being mindful of, okay, I'm going to go to the gym in an hour. So I need to have like a glass of milk. And then coming back from the gym, I have my protein bar. So just trying to make sure of how can I make my body produce better? How do I feel today? Tracking it on the app because that's the whole reason I did this thing. I was like, I need to be accountable to myself and my health and just be able to see dope shit that my body could do that I always knew I could do because I felt in my spirit. I'm like, I feel like I'm naturally probably an athlete. Like I'm naturally probably very gifted physically, but I had no idea I was. So I'm looking forward to really tapping into that particular medium. Just like you all those years ago knew that you were a dancer. You literally taught yourself how to fucking dance. You were like literally just one day did it. And then you fucking choreographed all the dances in college on the dance troupe. Then you did your creative thing. So you were like, you knew it in your spirit. So similarly, so I'm like, I feel like I am that ridiculous, like athletic, cool person. And I'm like, if she's in me, I'm just going to keep going for it. So I can see it for you. uh, (laughs) Yeah, right. I feel like it's very much aligned. Like I am a, how do I explain it? Yeah, like I get you a girl that could do both. Oh, fuck yes. And then it enabled me to tap into other things. So do you think like, do you agree with like what people mm-hmm. said? Or if, do you agree also that former fat kids are better lovers? Uh, I don't know because like, I can't say from the other point of time, like, oh yeah, I had a wonderful former fat kid lover. Me sexually or me as a person? Me as a person, I'm a cancer and so that was without a doubt it was going to be a great thing. In terms of sexually, I don't know. I feel like I feel like where just okay. Not let me not say the immature form of fat kids because I had a moment too where I was judging based on the body when I lost my weight, so that insecurity. But emotionally mature form of fat kids, I feel like we're less judgy on the body aesthetic because you know some people can be like, unless you have a six pack, I ain't fucking you. You know, like that kind of toxic shit. I, you know what I mean? I feel like former fat kids, we like, we have a type, right? Like everyone has a type, but we are more like, we are quicker to see. I feel like we're we're more to vibe out first or like you could see in their eyes if they're just a good human. Yeah, I don't know. We, we are less aesthetic based from the jump. Like obviously we want a bitch to look fine and like, you know, like face card don't decline. Oh. But like, you know what I mean? Like we don't have Same. this like crazy psychotic standard of like, you need to be perfection every single second in the bedroom, body-wise. You know what I mean? Like, this shit. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that much, yes. Because face card of decline, I'm like, I want to look at my man and be like, a right? face, want to kiss it all day. Exactly. And that's what people misjudge whenever, I guess, you and I were talking about with other people, just what do we like? And they're like, you guys are so shallow. Or, looks aren't everything. I'm like, uh-uh, bitch. I want to look at my man and be like, that's mine and love it. In terms of body, whenever I talk about in shape and people are like, ooh, what do you mean in shape? I literally am like, I want a man that if I'm like, babe, let's go work out together, he's not going to be like, oh, 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 no. Because I'm like, I don't exactly. know if I'm going to have a heart attack. I'm the same way. I don't need a six pack V cut guy, but I, yeah, I want someone that's like into fitness like I am. Like I dance. Solid. Like Solid. Yes. Like I want to touch you and be like, there's a perfect word actually solid you could be thick solid. and solid you could be thin and solid like whatever just solid like mm, solid is the sexiest oh yeah like my ex was just solid like he had a little gut but he was very solid so i didn't care and i was just oh, like yeah, no, that's yeah baby hot absolutely yeah <laughs> solid like 
dude, like there's muscle there and like um, the mindset of like, hey, babe, let's do a couple's workout hobby together. Like that's important to me because I'm like, like I said, I really want that to be my lifestyle yeah. and that's what I envision yes, my- I feel like when you yeah. move to New York, I can totally see you like going hikes with like either an animal or just also yourself in fitness like, yeah, because it, it seems like it comes naturally to you. So, like, you would be perfect in some uh, city that has, like, outdoor stuff. For Texas? You. Yeah, as I said, I was like, I don't want to blow up the place you in Texas. Uh, Texas. Let's, yeah, because you can let's, do, like, I just think that's a real job. I'm just thinking about, like, Austin for you because it's still liberal. It's so artsy. It has community. And also, like, there's so many things to do outdoors. Like, there's bike routes. There's jog routes. Like, when I went, I was like, oh, this is, like, a dope as town because it's a small city but it's like so gay and so like artsy but then at the same time like so like country and a crazy combination but yeah it's okay. like for you it'd be perfect because you could get a job and chill and still be like that new york flair but then like also bike around and you know go to the river and jog i don't know i think it has it's a perfect combination for you yeah, I feel like you and I, in terms of, like, the former fat kids and, like, how we are better lovers, since we're not toxic in that regard, we just recognize, hey, you have to be hot, but you have to, like, kind of care about your body, but you have to, we're not dating somebody sloppy. Like, I'm sorry, like, if you, fat, I, I'm not dating you because I'm, like, I'm not dealing with somebody that's so obsessed with food. And also, as a woman, for me, personally, it's like, oh, I think it's funny how a guy could be 300 pounds and he can get a girl at any size. But me at almost 300 pounds, I knew that I could get, because I was really pretty, like 65% of the guys I wanted, but, or, or 60, but I'm like, I knew that I was limited because I was bigger. I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not doing that. I'm like, gotta be in decent shape. I'm not talking six pack. I'm not talking a solid, good, want to be obsessed with you. But yeah, I, I do feel like we, you and I are less judgmental because I also know former fat people that are in their toxic era that I just say, and I'm like, no. Yeah, no, not about that. Not at all. So while we're on this topic of boys, let's mm -hmm. go into dating. Um, yes. So obviously, I don't know how, how much. How was dating while fat versus skinny? Because you lost your weight a lot earlier than I did. Yo, that's such so a good Never you been... had you had girl because you had like your really formative years, you were losing the weight and getting all this attention. And I recall, cause I saw you in college and like I alluded to earlier in our conversation, people were just really clamoring to get at you. Hi, I'm here for a good time. And you were just like really trying to become a dancer and working on it. And then you were still doing your psych thing. And I'm just like, I saw how difficult it was for you dating wise because you would try to like engage with them in like a lighthearted way, but then it would just unnecessarily like fast forward to like, yeah, what are we doing? Where are we? And you're like, I literally don't know you. <laughs> literally. So that's so, such a crazy thing you asked me. Yeah. When I was bigger, I still had some attention, very similar to you. I feel like you and I, we look polished. We're beautiful. Yeah. I was like, we still, we knew you had a dress i think style is a big part of it like <clears throat> knowing how to dress your body never your hair yeah it's just like there's so but yeah but you're right when i lost the weight i saw double the attention um which shows you vain society obviously like i literally got double the looks by like being skinnier 
Um, but yeah, I feel like that year that we're talking about was like, I don't get, yeah, I felt like a piece of meat. Yeah, because <laughs> it was my yeah. senior year. So unfortunately, as you kept going through college, I wasn't there, but I met you my senior year. So I'm like, okay, bye. But yeah, yeah you were literally a piece of meat. I can confirm that. I was like, it's not him speculating. I was like, holy shit, this is really weird. Because all of a sudden it was like, Antonio, Antonio. Well, back then it was like, nah, nah, Tony, Tony, Tony. And I'm like, who is this guy? And then it was just very creepy. Like, yeah, especially because they knew that you were fat. They knew that you were fat. And I feel like they were trying to like get the the fat kid shame, which is just like, oh, he's so clingy for attention. It's like, no, the face car never declined, honey. Like, yeah, he's working through some shit, but like, don't get it twisted. He always had bitches. Thank you. Thank you. And also, like, you know, obviously I didn't have a word for it back then, but obviously demisexuality. I didn't realize that a lot of the times I would get frustrated because, like, I wanted to be friends with someone. Or, like, I wanted just, like, a date or a romantic connection. I'll just to hang out and fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted, like, more. And I'm realizing that, like, I think I got upset a lot of the times in college with, like, dates that just led to either one-night stand or, like, being a piece of me because I was like wait I'm more than that you know I'm more than just like a dick count yeah but obviously I would you know break my own rules being 20 21 22 you know I still like fucked around because I was just like oh my god I'm figuring out gay and being thin now and like you know socially acceptable of like hot and now being through when I look back at it I'm like yeah no those bitches where I'm at right now in life couldn't even touch me with a 10 foot pole like <laughs> The only bitch to this day from that group that I recall that's worth, like, you checking in on is Stephen Figgy. Because oh that God. bitch is healed. Yes. That yes. bitch, like, from the jump, I was like, this bitch is a real one. He was always on his healing shit. Girl, if you have this number, reach out. All the time in New York. No, no, no. Every time I'm in New York, because we have, like, similar uh, social friend Good. circles. So, yeah. No, I've seen him several times, and I was like, yeah, you're doing your thing. Yeah. That bitch is a good bitch. Like, y'all can't tell yeah, me otherwise. That motherfucker good. is solid. Mm-hmm. That he was always mm-hmm. just like a sweetheart. And like would Thank get you. made fun of for being overly sensitive. I remember that too. And I'm like, he's just yes. a sweet hot guy. Like, let him be. <laughs> he like literally Yeah, he's the one person to this day. I'm like, go, go off, bitch. Be his bestie or marry him or whatever. I'm like, he's the one that is like, how are you? Reach out to him. Yeah, like from then. Because again, I'm a cancer. I know this. I was just like, Stephen Figgy. I was like, you, you are you're amazing. Yes. I hope you like Loki listens to that and gorgeous. Honestly, same. I'm going to send him this clip. I'm going to DM him and be like, hey, bitch, Yari and I say hi. <laughs> we are standing. Yeah, like, I was like, honestly, standing, we're like yeah. hardcore standing right now. We're like, yo, we love you. Um, he was that bitch, is that bitch, forever will be that bitch. Yeah, and he, I hope this is like his clip. Yeah, no, this is fig. This is for you. <laughs> um, so I don't know how much you want to like open up about your previous relationship. We don't even have to. Let's do it. Yeah, I yeah. was like, we don't have to go into full detail. You really? Oh, just and dating and being fat. Yeah. Well, no, I. Um. Hmm. I just care more about your healing process, to be honest, because I feel like that's you and I are both on similar journeys right now. Um, Literally within a week of one another, we had breakups. It was insane. When you texted me. Hold on, hold on. So yes, Libra. Yeah, yeah. We actually have not talked about this yet. 
outside of this podcast, honestly, between us, we have not talked about this yet. So now this shit is live. It's so funny because you called me and going off about this man, you're breaking up, sad girl things, all of it. And I'm like, okay, you got this. And then a few days later, I start feeling what you were feeling. And I'm like, oh my God, like I've been feeling this for a while. I'm like, am I going to be the another friend that breaks up now? And then bam, mm-hmm. within a week. Yeah. I remember, I remember texting and being like, yeah, there's something in the air, Yari. And it was, it was the oh, man, you said Libra Moon. Libra. It was Libra Moon, literally Libra Moon. Because um, your other Libra friends suffered a breakup. Dude, I, the amount of friends. So I went to that party I was telling you about a few weeks ago. The amount of people at that party, first of all, there was like 10 Libras. All of them were single, newly single. <laughs> I'm really kidding. And then outside of the Libra gang, there was just other people that were also newly single. And I'm like, like, fucking wild to me, dude. Like, I, I, literally, I now have majority of single friends when just a month ago, I had friends that were all taken. So I, I don't know if it's just like an overall universal lesson for people that are woke right now and connected. It was. Yeah. It was. Because the same week that you and Brian, my, my friend Cheyenne, Virgo, and his girl broke up. She broke up with him. And I'm like, literally, astrology is the Literally, li- I, I mean, I guess it makes our healing better because you have friends to relate with. So I will say, like having you, having like my girl, literally. Yeah, oh my God. Was, like, when you said I broke up, I was like, oh. yeah, it's it is. <laughs> I will say it's very easy having. I would prefer having friends to go through a breakup with than like be alone because if you have a friend, go, not that I would wish anything on my friends, but if you have a friend going through the same thing, it's just so I don't know. You can just like shit talk. You can vent. You can heal. You can also share healing information. Um, yeah. yeah. I have a friend that will be like, he ain't shit, never will be shit. Like today, no, I was just like, no. I hope he has ED. And you were like, yes, bitch. I'm like, yeah. I wish all the like, dark. Listen, my energy for him now is fine. But my first three weeks, girl, I was, I was unhinged. That Instagram moment, I was, I'll, I'll admit it. I was, I was not well the first 72 hours. I, uh, sort of snapped um <laughs> but yeah she snapped <laughs> yeah like you saw instagram i was like but like so new york but like, <laughs> like literally i was like i know i was like in the camera like this on my bed at 10 p.m like <laughs> i'm i'm sorry but like when i go you know how new york is like when i get heated it's rare for me to get heated like that now and i'm like oh i'm yeah, I'm on the other hill now. When I got angry, it was like two weeks ago, and it was when I saw that beautiful clip of Monet McMichael and Jelaine, whatever his name is on TikTok, like this beautiful couple. I first of all love them, think they're gorgeous, wish in the world. I got mad because I saw that clip, and I was just like, I didn't even have a semblance of a real fucking relationship. I was just like, good for them. And then I saved the clip and I was like, this is what the fuck I need and want. And then I was just screaming to myself and I was like, that fucking asshole. I was like, nah. how dare you? I was livid, livid. I was just like, how dare you treat me this way? I was like, I'm a human being, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, you could have at least been fake. Like, it was just so much that I was just like ignoring, and I was just like, "It's okay," because he's depressed. Fuck that! Fuck you! Not oh doing God, with these mental bullshit. Ex- no, I use that same excuse. Fuck that! 
issue. I'm not dealing with that mental issue. I'm a mental health case moving forward in relationships. Yeah, no, I um, I was saying the same thing. I was like, oh my God, you're having depressive episodes. And then when you call it out, not even in a mean way, as a productive, constructive, how do we move on way, they get mad. And I'm like, you're seeing a therapist right now, but you're not seeing her for depression. You're seeing her for like mommy issues and anxiety. I'm like, maybe you should talk about this. And then right away would snap at me. And I'm like, hey, I'm not trying to attack you. It's just interfering with our sex life. It's interfering with like, hanging out. I'm like, you're not motivated. I'm just trying to help you so we can have a better sex life and relationship. But of course they take it as like, we're the villain and yada, yada, yada. No, not at all. He was a cop. So he was like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay. You ignore your girlfriend every day. You act like I don't exist until you call me. When you talk to me, it feels like you're talking to a stranger. And I'm like, we didn't know each other that deeply. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I, I'm i usually the one to like, hey, babe, are we seeing each other this weekend? And then you agree. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you didn't like me. I didn't deserve that feeling, especially when I was obviously trying. For fuck's sake, I saw that he was depressed and I was trying to do nice things for him. Did I get a thank you? Didn't. I cried on his couch. Did he comfort me? He didn't. When I broke up with him and I told him it's really hard, what did he do for the next several hours? He just kept going back and forth, how he never really liked me, how he knew from day two that he saw me only as a friend. And then going back and forth that like, oh, I saw us with the future together. Like, I was just like, you're an asshole. Like, you are a piece of shit. It's I was a- like, I did not deserve to be treated that way. Yeah, the back and forth. I'm like, I'm very, like, know what you want and like also mean what you say and say what you mean like i don't understand this whole like flip-flop non-communicative style that a lot of guys do and it's honestly really annoying (laughs) yeah it pissed me off and then the fact that i was just like help me understand and he was not caring about me being heartbroken that I had to break up with him because you pushed me too because you literally never cared about me. And then when he dropped off my things, okay, see you later. I was just like, then I started crying that day too. I'm like, seriously, like that? So then I had to block him. I was just like, damn, like you literally just are a shitty fucking human being. And that's why I wish him the worst. I hope you get a bitch pregnant and marry her to do the good thing and then get divorced. You are the most unavailable you are an asshole. I was nothing but kind to you. Deserve basic decency as a human. Especially when you love bombed me for several months and then literally flipped the switch a week after we became boyfriend and girlfriend. That is what's crazy. Yeah. Like the whole <clears throat> love bombing and then decided to like go cold. I would text me every day, would say, I like you a lot. I'm so excited to see you. Plan dates. I thought it was normal and healthy. And then we became boyfriend and girlfriend. And the next week, I get left on red for several days. He forgets about things. He doesn't plan dates anymore. And he goes to gym. Yep. Yep. I went through that. Mine. I love bombed him and he loved me bombed me back. But the problem was with all that intensity and fun, he started getting lazy. Hmm. And that's when I was like, uh, you gotta meet me at the same energy, Poppy. Like, no. Yeah. And all of this kind of played into maybe my fat girl slash low self-esteem in terms of like, before my situation years ago, I definitely was codependent because I was like, I'm happy somebody likes me. I finally feel normal. Cause again, I never really dated because I didn't like myself. Yeah. And then dating as a thin person, I didn't realize so many people are disingenuous. 
Like I did and I don't. Like I knew it, but I was just like, hey, we're older now. Like, let's be real. You're just a front with somebody. And then they realized people are not going to be a front. So I didn't know that. Um, but with Brandon, I was also just like, yay. Oh my God, I'm doing better this time. And I'm like, oh, that's yep. just investing in him because he's depressed. And I'm like, fuck that shit. No, I don't have to be a good person to stand by that shit. You have to press the fucking shit. I'm not dealing with you. I will not date you. I will not stand for that. I'm not dealing with other people's bullshit. It is one of my boundaries. I, I'm not. I, I learned that because as a people pleaser, I'm going to immediately focus my attention on you and making you okay. And if yep. you're not in the capacity to heal and go in that energy to rectify yourself and are committed to your own healing or being a better person, I'm going to keep pouring into that. And then I'm going to be left on empty. And then he's not going to do anything, get lazy, just like Brian did. And then be complacent. And then you're going to be like, I'm alone in this relationship literally how i feel don't care how fucked up we sound you're depressed i'm not dealing with that you have this depression i'm not dealing with that i literally agree and it's not even it's not obviously like i go to therapy for my own shit it's more about yeah it's like i want someone that is emotionally mature but also has like their mental health together like don't be you don't have to be perfect but like if you're not doing the work and if you're not going to eat it whether it's therapy meditation journaling whatever the fuck it is if you're projecting a lot of this shit mm-hmm. on me and you know i'm that giving and that healing that i'm gonna fall in this fucking trap like no Mm-mm. yeah i agree with you and I be accountable. boundary i refuse to have this trap of like oh he's suppressed so that's why he does this so i'll give him like three strikes i'm no i'm at a no. point where yeah i mm, the savior complex and the healing. Ugh, I'm just, I'm so over these like wire things in me, like throwing them out. <laughs> uh, agreed. And accountability for that kind of stuff too. Like we're too, yeah. if we were in our, if we were in our early to mid twenties, I'd be like, we need to have grace. But I'm like, no, we're too old for this. Either you want something real or you don't. If you don't, then continue dating casually and make that known. If you want something real, you're in a relationship, we're committed, we're going somewhere, which means you need to prioritize your partner. You need to have discussions with your partner. You need to actively think, how can I invest in my partner, invest in us? If you're not thinking that way, get the fuck out of my life. Literally, then that, you know, and it looks like we're asking for a lot right now, but we're not. It, it's really just like accountability and open communication. And just like, don't mm-hmm. play games. It's really that simple. Just like own your shit, know your shit, don't project your shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Because I'm not dealing with nonchalant men. Like, if I'm no, dating I, and a guy I, describes himself as nonchalant, I'm like, great. So we're fundamentally incompatible because I'm not dealing with a nonchalant man. I want a man who inherently, as an individual, is probably more expressive or whatever. Like, this yeah. really cool, super chill shit. Nope. You're not the guy for me. I, I want a romantic fool. I want certain things. I love what you said fundamental. I think I'm also tired of having, I'm tired of choosing guys that are just not fundamentally going to click with me and forcing it. Mm-hmm. So I look for certain personality traits. Um, like I, when I was dating Brandon, I did a good job at the way that I was dating. However, I should have kept that same energy while we were boyfriend and girlfriend, like you said guys at the three month mark switch it up and because of that now moving forward i'm going to be like all right three months three months and then i'm going to give it an additional three months to be like i let's see so it's it's a total of six months for me just assessing shit and then i can like be more comfortable 
that's that's where I'm at too. Cause like even my situation, it like took the ninth month to really see the cracks, you know, because some people, especially guys, and I'm I, I hate genderizing shit as as queer as I am, but it's just what it is, like with my experience and obviously yours just some men like I don't know why they need up to a year to figure out what they want. And that like I don't I don't I, and it's not unique to us. It's an overwhelming trend. Like that, it's it, an this overwhelming is kind trend. of low key a law. Yeah. Well, it's also like, and it's not even happening just you and I. This is like a very common story for a lot of relationships. And it's like, a lot of the time, it really is the guy being like, "Well, I don't know, but I just spent like a year with you, and we may move in, but I don't know if I want it." And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm. I'm tired. <laughs> like, yeah. And then I've had older men say, you're single until you're married. They're like, that's how you have to move. I'm like, damn, they're savage. And these are happily married men that, you know, are very gentlemanlike. And they, they'd be like, listen, my wife was single until I put a ring on that finger. And I was like, go off, king. Wait, maybe they have some truth to that. It's like, that's how you have to have that like, mm. date is like the longevity. Oh, no, literally anybody over the age of 50, they were like, no, they were like, she was entitled. He was like, if I wasn't acting right until I put that ring on finger, like, she can go talk to whoever. If I was her boyfriend, she can go talk to whoever. Sort of into that. You single until you're married. This was, this is told by older African men to me. Yeah, work. And a lot of women say that too. No, this is why it's a saying. Like, this is why it's so famous, that saying, like, single until married, because... It's also true, though, because like, like we were saying, some people fuck around. So it's like, you want me to be yours, but then you do this fucking flip-flop shit. You best believe I'm going to be on my self-work shit. And you could come back, but You're I'm not... You're era. Exactly. But, and I'm not even going to take you back or entertain that until I know you have your shit together. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. I, I would, would say somebody that fumbles, fumbles you, like the way that this happened, there's no second chance. Like, no. inherently, just the way that Brian... Brian acted. I was just like, this is very unlike husband behavior. This is not yeah, what it is. It's really the blocking for six weeks now, where I'm like, oh yeah, the tides are coming. Yeah, it's just like that when it comes to like insurances that we were sharing and policies and like tickets for events. When I'm asking what we should do about it and maturely even if we're not talking like you should be adult enough to at least email me a professional response about what to do but no instead you cancel the insurance policies and then i'm still left in the cold about these tickets and then i know that if i sell them you're either going to come at me or your mom's going to come at me so it's like you're putting me in a situation Mm -hmm. like you're treating like almost your relationship as if it was nothing like where's the respect you know what i mean and it's such a gray line. It's like, yeah, people need space to heal. I get it. People need a month or two. Like some people can't handle those intense emotions. But at the same time, when you are sharing bills and stuff, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you gotta like, even if it's for three hours, unblock me and like talk, but. Yeah. Suck it up. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I'm, and like it's why I have a witchy feeling something's happening soon. So I'm really going to just see how that plays out. Like just say like about the situation, it was fucked. And like, was I perfect? No. Like, of course I had my unhinged moment for those three days. You know, I had moments, but the thing is the difference about him and I, that we were talking about fundamental, I take accountability quickly. I can be the first one to be like, yo, I came off too strong. Maybe I reacted and broke up with you too quick. 
fine. But then trying to tell the person. Is it too quick for the disrespect? Never. Yes, but you know how, like, then, like, they get used. So people that, like, date a codependent or someone that's highly sensitive, they get used to us just being always caretaking. So they sort of, like, take us for granted and we sort of enable the behavior. So that's why for him, a lot of the times trying to get a sorry right away or accountability was, like, pulling teeth because it's, like, I was so quick to take accountability, but then, like, they're so quick to take me for granted that it's, like, well, <clears throat> you did something's wrong and I'm not even getting a sorry. Okay. Um, that's why this is fucked because okay. I even like how I have apologized post breakup too for like how I handled things because I know like I, I said I was not innocent in some stuff but to not even get that back and to still be ghosted I'm like okay clear sign here <laughs> no it's incredibly helpful because you were together for a significant amount of time it, it's additionally just like it was a full meaningful relationship and it was quite lovely when you were engaged in it so you're like come on you're like, tarnishing what it was two days before i broke up with him he was asking him mm-hmm. that's how good it was like there this is why i'm still in such shock because it's not like we were fighting all the time we had a very soulmate connection it's very very deep and very like passionate him and i like dating like we like that's why i know the love is still there on both sides it's just like why is your ego in the way of trying to figure out what's happening. You know, we could have talked about this within that weekend. Now we're in two months into territory. Like, make it make sense. Mm. But it's mm. like we were saying, some guys I really think can't process until like two months alone. And they're like, oh shit. Too bad. Like, no, you should know immediately I fucked up shit because that's the behavior that I instill. That's what I envision my future husband acting. First of all, he's not going to fuck up that way. Second of all, people should always know. I agree. I I feel like we're not the only ones on this earth that are like that quick-witted with that shit. Like, I feel like there's a lot of people out there that get it, like are emotionally intelligent enough to know in a moment, or even if you need a day, fine. You need 24 hours because you're heated. Okay. But to take even more than a week, I'm like, if it was like a three month relationship, fine. I get it. Three months, fine. Two months, like, okay. But once you hit that, like, six month territory where like it's an experience at this point yeah there has to be better communication yeah but when you broke up with him just like the things you were telling me i'm like this isn't this isn't the person you deserve to be with in any capacity i'm like this behavior is just a fall like you've made it very clear like you're different from the other people in the lgbtqia community you're like i believe in monogamy i'm kind of more a hopeful romantic i'm kind of a little bit like doing my own things my own drown but very much of like the older values of like what love is and that kind of picture you're like i love people's form of love and expression i support that but you're like for me i'm like i'm not dealing with this i'm like i've tried it i wasn't seen you're like i'm not for that you're like i'm an old school bitch and he wasn't partaking that i'm like fundamentally like he shouldn't have to change his ways so when you told me oh he was like that when we were dating i'm like yeah, no, men don't change. Yeah, either he is or he isn't. I can't change him. So you're right, fundamental wise. Like, and that's what you said. That word, that word clicked to me because I was like, yeah, yeah, fundamentally, I can't, and I refuse to change too. I'm like, I'm at a point where, like, I think I've in my twenties, I sort of like diverted my demisexuality and like sort of like compromised my like sex ways and stuff. You had people. a whole phase. You did. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, like I, I just, you know, have a little 
moment but even like dating i was like okay i'll like do these different things but i think i'm at an age now where i'm like dude i know what kind of sex i want i know what kind of dating i want and i'm not gonna change those sorry like the demisexuality definitely came became more apparent as you connected more to your artist like i noticed oh like 2020 so like around covid as you were like slowly incorporating into your mind i need to just do this artist thing full time yeah that's when immediately everything else started clicking for you as to who you were and then you became more witchy because you were like i need to yeah. And then slowly but surely, the apple corporateness, you were like, this is this is eating me alive. Mind you, when you were in your Armani bag, when you were when you were working at the Yeah, Armani. when you were in your Armani bag, you were already just like every time I would talk to you about it, you're like, Yeah, this is cool, but like low key, you would tell me you're like, My soul is dead. And then you'd be like, I'm gonna model. So again, as you become in tune to who you are, everything kept resonating a lot and manifested again. Like yes. you were on the right path. That's how I feel. I feel that too. It's obviously from 2020 okay. to now, it took a three year like progression, but like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm like fully demisexual now. I fully tapped into it. Um, I'm fully a witch. I'm fully an artist. Like it just, it all makes sense. And that's why codependency for me is like the last thing I need to fucking cut. Cause it's like, I'm able to like grow this identity of who Antonio is. Now it's like, hmm. yeah, I shouldn't be attached to other things. Like I can love, I can love things, but like it doesn't make my personality. So um, I don't know if it's like fundamentally a codependency thing, or maybe it's because of this particular experience that yes, it was. Cause again, this very much triggered you. So that's what you need to assess. You're like, am I inherently this or have I just continuously been in horrible situations? It because I like always had to cater to people, um, including like my childhood. And mm-hmm. I really had a full time of solitude. You know, I had did never really had like that alone moment. And I think that's why I also started feeling suffocated at times in the previous relationship. Cause I like am new here and I first time I ever lived alone, it's like I'm learning to be independent fully, you know, I'm learning to not have a roommate, not have my mom around all times or my brother or share a room with them. Like, it's my first time, like, as Antonio, you know? So for me, it's like, yeah, I think all I knew my whole life was codependency. It's like helping raise my brother, um, taking care of my mom at times when she wasn't feeling well. And then like, you know, college always having Mm -hmm. roommates sharing growing up being poor sharing a bedroom with my mom or my brother my whole life like i never really had that like who is antonio without anyone around him you know so interesting you say that because you and your mom and your brother also going through similar weight loss journeys while that was a great family building unit and fundamentally like made you guys stronger Again, I can see how the codependency would play into that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I was telling my mom that too. I was like, mom, you're a great mom, but like, of course you're codependent. I mean, like, till today she's up my ass about everything. You know, I love her, but like, you could see, you know, you can see that I inherently have, like my family has this like codependency trait. And it's like, I'm finally breaking the cycle right now. That's what my therapist said. She's like, you know, you're like stopping the cycle because you're only 31. She's like, you're really aware of this right now. And I'm like, yes i am stopping the cycle <laughs> i was like this karmic shit is like i'm cutting it important point that i don't know if you thought about this a lot but 
the last two years you became Antonio mm -hmm. and then you became Antonio and then you moved to LA and then you like the Antonio thing was just like a fundamental like her like how tell you I'm becoming her yes. so we're not talking about the Antonio thing like what that really means yeah it really means and how this is a birth like you're still a baby exactly it's literally tapping into my higher consciousness finally and like what am i meant to do on this earth and like what does what makes my inner child happy you know i'm done doing things that make other people happy it's like what does younger antonio want to do that he wasn't able to do um and yeah that it's yeah it's it's using my birth name in a more significant bigger way than just calling me antonio yeah mm -hmm. you're right it, i think it's I've been codependent my whole life because like now that I think about even that, that that was switching my narrative. I didn't choose to be called Tony. That was a little childhood nickname my mom made. And now realizing my own identity, I'm like, fuck that. Like I'm breaking that too, you know? Um, so yeah, I guess since 2020, you're right. Cause my poetry too has been, you know, I've been talking about these themes. So it's like, I think for the past three years, I've been on this, like, you know, like my first book, Rise in Phoenix, like on this, like rise from the ashes for a rebirth of Antonio um which coincides with your grandfather which i think is beautiful iconic <laughs> i mean your mom knew what she she made she was like this is an icon she's like all i produce is icons baby the baddest bitches yeah. the uh, the not your baddest bitches she was just like winners winners, winners. Yeah. <laughs> the wound the kept hitting the, her brother's coming clutch <laughs> like bella um, twins like let's literally literally um yeah i want to while we wrap this up i want to ask you then like what what has been your healing um mm -hmm. and what insight do you have for anyone listening that like needs some like healing tips or i don't know just any kind of you know because you know how it is healing can be rough healing you know it's a lot and i think some people need guidance or just at least the support knowing that they're not alone Oh gosh, that's very tough. I guess I'll talk about my healing. Um, going through the stages of grief. Um, yeah. Definitely. Um, personally, for me, I need to stop overanalyzing it. So that was the biggest lesson I learned from this. I am more analytical in nature. I'm type A, which I love. It's who I am. Fuck it. So my first thought was to always like, oh, analyze the actions. And, and I was just like, nope doesn't matter, loser, whatever. So that was great. And I just really focused on my feelings. So that made the process a lot quicker. Uh, I'm still going through it still because of the other triggers and things that were suffering. Uh -huh. But in terms of, I would usually, like in the past, and you would be privy to this, I would go back and forth on this and like, what are his thoughts? And I'm like, doesn't matter. The piece of shit, fuck it. Nothing ever mattered. I'm sad. Let me focus on what was said, processing my shit um what i want what i need still hurts but yeah just fully owning that kind of stuff and the healing wise thinking about lessons learned so the lessons learned were definitely need to date longer in terms of like having more interactions in person and slowing that down mm -hmm. that was my fault as well um to continuously being alert like six to seven months i'm a dealer i'm still believing nothing stay stay on the fence don't let my defenses down for sure um people pleasing uh, still an issue 
in that particular context, I was one of the people pleasing because I thought, oh yeah, my man is depressed. But in life in general, I realized, I was like, well, I do that in life anyways. Fuck that shit. I'm in my building era. Earn it. If you're not one of my good friends, if you're not one of my good friends, you're not, I'm not reaching out. Like, I'm no longer initiating text messages. I'm no longer, this like, circling back. Same. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same wave as you with that. What the villain stuff. So that's what the lessons learned because then it reminded me, I'm like, well, people pleasing is something inherently I do. So this reminded me, I'm like, I need to take that into other energies. So like with you, you're a very good friend. I will always reach out to you. I will always blow up your phone. I will always annoy you. I was like, of course, I'm gonna put that effort in everybody else. I'm like, yeah, no. I was like, I'm matching, I'm matching the energy. So, and another lesson that I learned was boundaries. I had none. I didn't know what was acceptable or unacceptable. Yeah. I was just like, like I was too understanding to the point it was to my detriment, which again led me to be pleasing. Um, no, you shouldn't be in contact with an ex. Uh, no, you shouldn't hang out with your single friends at a club. That's single behavior. Then be single. I don't care if that sounds controlling. If that sounds secure, that's my boundary. Deal with it. So boundaries is of an era. And for other people, who gives a shit? <laughs> who gives a shit? Like what your boundaries are. Like that's your life. Like, unless it literally affects me, don't listen to me. Unless you literally feel like you are, you know when you're being toxic. Like, yeah. unless there's something severely wrong with you, if you are a semi-decent person, you know when you're being absolutely ridiculous. And guess what? There are absolutely ridiculous people all the time who find wonderful individuals that love them anyway. So it's like, yeah, exactly. who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Just try to genuinely care and think about your partner. So for healing in general, I'm like, lean on friends, ask them to say nice things about you, remind you that you are that girl, and give you a couple of hours on the phone, and then, like, you put that boundary with me, you were like, girl, that's it, I was like, good, you gave me, I think you gave me, like, two, three hours full, and I was like, you know what, that's fine, thank you, go off, bitch. So yes, healing process, making sure that when you're going to it, have a cap limit, have a cap. Yeah. And then yeah. with much love. Because yeah. it's okay. It's okay. Just like some people need that more. Like you didn't need to vent to me for several hours. I knew that, but I'm a cancer double. So now you understand. You're like, damn, she be going through it. So now yeah. you get it. I get it. Listen, what did I tell you that today? <laughs> and then me as a cancer, I was like, let me check in on this bitch and let him know that if he needs me, bitch, whatever you need. And I will drag the crew runs deep. I, I fucking stand. I stand. Um, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, I, I forgot. Is it my is my Venus that's in Virgo? Yeah. So that's why, like, a lot of my love and shit or, like, heartbreak, I get so introverted. It's really weird. That's where the Earth energy comes from, the Virgo. It's, like, I go I go missing. I go silent for, like, three weeks. But then I come out like a bad bitch. Like, my Libra obviously pops back up. And I'm, like, I'm back slut. You know what I mean? It's, like three weeks of emo and then now i'm like in such a fucking good headspace where i'm like okay like let's you know life gotta keep moving on wait my venus is in gemini what does that mean Ooh, i love okay that's my rising um airy emotional though i think gemini so the thing i like about gemini is you know they get this like connotation about being two-faced but it's not really it's just like you have two sides to everything which is what a near sign does i mean libras were indecisive like that like there's two sides or like, you have two kind of traits that you show and for love, if that's your mm -hmm. Venus, that's how you, um, I mean, it's, it explains why you're like, fuck guys right now. You can be very black and white 
<laughs> you know, very. No, I love them. I'm just very much a hater towards the losers at Fumble Up. So fuck them. It's, these it's two. Giving, it's Everybody giving, else is great. No, it's giving very petty Gemini, and I'm obsessed. <laughs> obsessed. <laughs> Because I'm like, every time this book, I'm like, I wish nothing like. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah, 50 years from now, I'm going to still be like, oh, I don't care. It's on site. Like, on site, you cannot convince me otherwise. They could be Nobel Prize winners. And I'm like, it's still on site. (laughs) You said it is what it is. Y'all can't convince me otherwise. (laughs) Fucking screaming. Yo, this villain era looks so good on you. <laughs> so my Venus and Gemini meeting, I need to look that up. I'll figure it out. But my rising is Aquarius, so I don't know what that means. Oh, that, that works. I'm my rising okay. Gemini, so we work. Yeah. Does this all make sense as to who I am as a person? When like, I tell you this stuff, you're like, yes, bitch. This is well, the, yeah, puzzle, so the puzzle. Rising, rising is just really like what you show a stranger. It's just your mask. So it's like your social like first meeting. So when I first mm-hmm. met you, very Aquarius. I was like, go with the flow. Um, not too much from the jump. You know, very. And that's very Aquarius. Yeah, I'm really happy and all that. But thank you for being on. Um yeah just, no this was great uh, yeah this is a good venting session actually and i'm just proud of both of us by the way because a few weeks ago you and i were going both through it so look at us now six weeks later i'm shook at the turnaround for us um go us <laughs> i mean that's because universally we're blessed so i know like i'm good exactly like, i just send you these videos i feel like you would benefit from them. they're just really good manifestation videos i've been doing Ooh. And um, it talks about that, how, like, we have to remember we're magnetic at the end of the day. And, like, our frequency is because it's just who we are. You know what I mean? Like, we we have high loving frequencies. So, like, no one gets in the way of that. Um, Like, we're good. We'll get exactly what we want and more. And then secondly, we always have. And then third, on a non-universe, just basic, stupid, superficial shit, we're absolutely gorgeous. And we are awesome people. We'll be fine. At the very least. At the very least, we get it, man. We can't keep them, but we could get them. So, like, <laughs> that's why I'm like, let's 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 be real. I was like, I will say, there's always a line. That's for sure. Talk to you later on Nana Tings.